Well, one of the things we do here at Faith Life Church is we make a confession just to open up our hearts to receive the word. So take your Bibles. Yours might be an electronic device like mine or leather bound. Either one online or here. Let's take them, hold them up, say the words up on the screen. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. It is the indestructible, incorruptible, everlasting, living word of God. I receive it now by faith, and I believe that my life will forever ever be changed. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the power that's in your word. And Lord Jesus, thank you for your truth. Thank you for the truth of your word today about the power of gratitude. And I thank you that this power of gratitude, as we learn this message today, helps us move forward. Lord, any place where we're stuck, Lord, any discontentment in my life, in our lives is overcome by gratitude. Thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit in each of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are in a series right now entitled Happy Thanksgiving. And really in this series, we're looking at what the Bible has to say about the power of gratitude. Let me say this about so many truths in the Bible. So many truths in the Bible are simple, but not always easy. Well, it seems real simple. If you give more thanks, you'll be happier. That's not always an easy thing to do, but it is simple. And this morning, I want to continue to minister to you. I want to continue to strengthen you with the Word of God so that when you're in a situation and you need to overcome some unhappiness, you need to overcome the circumstance that wants to weigh you down, you'll have the strength to do it. You'll have the strength to offer gratitude. Now, we've also said that the Bible teaches us that gratitude, our gratitude, the gratitude we walk in, the gratitude we show is directly linked to our happiness. And today I want to continue in this series, and I want to continue with a a message that I simply entitled, Gratitude, A Happy Attitude. How many of you ever told your kids, change that, you better change that attitude right now. And, and one of the ways you saw their attitude was by the expression on their face. Well, come on, some of you need to change your attitude because the expression you have on your face, come on, a gratitude, a happy attitude. Now, I want to go back to the book of Psalms because as a foundation, we need to understand that God is calling us as believers to happiness. Psalm 89 verse 15, God says to the psalmist here, happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship for they will walk in the light of your presence. That word happy there is the word blessed. It means blessed. It means happiness. And often you'll find in the Bible that translators will translate the word blessed and sometimes happy. And if you study out the word blessed, there's different Hebrew and Greek words for blessed, but many of them have their roots in the word to be happy or extreme happiness. 
And God is calling us to happiness. In fact, we could say this. God is calling us into happiness, the kind of happiness that stems from a relationship with him. Now, now listen. God wants Christians to be happy people. Why would we be sad? Come, come to my church. You'll be sadder than you were when you went in. Now, sad to say, that is sometimes true. Because sometimes we as Christians, those of us who are following Christ, uh, sometimes we're so spiritual about things that we're not able to process life. Sometimes we just play like it didn't happen. Or people think, well, aren't you bothered by that? And you can show, you can be real, you can be relevant. You can say, man, that made me unhappy, but here's what I'm happy about. You can, you can be relevant, you can be real, but Christians are supposed to be overall in your life, not that you ever won't be disappointed. Come on, in this world, we're going to have times where we are disappointed. Sometimes people disappointed, disappointed. Sometimes we're disappointed in ourselves, but still we can live overall a happy life. People say that's not a sad person, even after everything they've been through they are still happy I don't know how they do it and you could say because God has called me to be happy Amen. come on if for nothing else you could just be happy that one day everything here is going to end and you're going to live on Now, listen to the definition of the word happiness, and this is pretty much a general definition, but happiness is defined as being satisfied with life, its feelings of contentment, its enjoyment and pleasure, a positive emotion, and sad to say, some unbelievers who don't know Christ are happier than people who do. Shouldn't be so. Listen, everyone wants to be happy. I know some spiritual people say, well, we're not necessarily called to happiness. Did you not hear Psalm? The psalmist? Now, I understand what some people mean by that, in that it's not just about doing all the things that make us happy. You know, so some people use it that way. Well, I'm going to get a divorce because my wife doesn't make me happy. Everybody would be divorced. <laughs> no marriage would last. If you got divorced every time you were unhappy about what your partner did or didn't do. But here's the truth. We all have to admit whatever we think about happiness, how spiritual we want to be and ignore it. Everybody wants to be happy. You want to have a happy life? If you're married, you want a happy marriage? We want our kids to be happy, to enjoy things. In fact... In the catechism, um, uh, and I think it's John Piper that's famous for kind of uh, rewriting that catechism that says we were created for the purpose of God, but he says, really, we're created to enjoy God and bring him glory. Not just bring God glory, but to enjoy God and bring him glory. 
Wow, that's a happy life. Not that we don't ever show disappointment. We do. We can be sad over something sometimes. I mean, certainly after going through this COVID time, there were things that we were sad about. There are some circumstances that we could be weighted down about. Mm. Let me just say this. Last week we learned how happiness happened. And we said this, giving thanks is how happiness happens. I mean, sometimes you got to generate your own happy. Because there's nothing around you to be happy about. But God's still calling you to happiness. Listen to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, well, we went into depth on that scripture last week, but we said this, happiness and gratitude are connected. We will be happier in any given circumstance when we are grateful. Mm. Wow. But if that's true, then why is it so difficult sometimes to be happy, to give thanks in circumstances? Well, here's why. It's because we are tied to circumstances. God created us, and we talked about this last week. We are a spirit being. That spirit part of us is going to live forever. Our heart, the Bible calls it, our spirit, but also our spirit has a soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, and that also is eternal. And then we have this physical body. But our soul, which kind of connects our spirit and our body, it's there in the middle, our emotions, how we make decisions. Our soul is connected to both worlds, our spirit and uh, to, to which is more eternal minded and then over here to the natural so our soul can be moved by natural things God wanted us to be moved by the hurts of people he wanted us to be moved by things that are going on so to reach out and be an answer but then if we can be moved in that direction we can also sometimes be moved and, and weighted down in our soul and so what happens is is because of what's happening around us that the you know circum circumference is like a, is the circle well circumstances comes from that word and it means the things happening all around you and sometimes those things happening around us will weigh on our soul but here's the real challenge the challenge we face is that when things aren't going well we become unhappy about what's happening and then if we do not deal now now listen here's the key if we do not deal with the unhappiness it will lead to discontentment discontentment is like quicksand ever seen those old pictures i don't even know if they do pictures anymore with quicksand but it's like the mudslides that happen sometimes when a river overflows and you get caught in those muds it takes homes down. It's so sl- you, you can't do anything. You just slide in. And that's like discontentment. And listen, discontentment leads to discouragement. Discouragement leads to depression. Where you're so pressed down. You're sinking. You're covered up. And so we have to understand this. Discontentment is an enemy. It steals our happiness. Mm. 
All of us face the challenge of becoming discontented with what's happening. If we're struggling to be grateful, perhaps we have been blinded by discontent. I want to talk to you for just a moment about what discontent does in our life. Go with me, if you will, to Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. It'll be up on the screen, too. But here's what Paul said. Paul was writing to the church at Philippi, and he said, Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. Mm. But Paul said he had to learn how. To be content. Why? Because there are so many things in this world to be discontented about. And the news just gives you the bad news. I read from the CDC lately, and and they said they've been a little slow to get out these numbers, but they said 146 million people have survived COVID. Wow. Listen, we're not happy that one person died, but can we also thank God that 146 million people survived? Wow. But we just saw the death clock. You know, there, there is this site, and it's called The Death Clock. And you could go out and you put in your age and your name and your, I don't know how they figure out. You put in your weight, and they figure out your body mass index. And so I think I'm going to, they said I'm going to live to be 99. And they gave me my date. Who needs a death clock? We need a life clock. And gratitude helps us to live life fully and overcome discontent. Paul said, I have learned how to be content. Listen to the definitions, two of them. Well, let me first say this. Discontent, discontentment is unhappiness on steroids. Yep. And contentment has to be learned. And contentment is a soul at rest. How many of us need rest for our soul? Our mind, our will, our emotions. Mm, Contentment. Contentment is defined as being independent of external circumstance. It's satisfied. Discontent is simply the opposite. To be unhappy with our circumstances, dissatisfied. Wow. Can we all just admit this morning that discontentment comes naturally? You don't even have to work at it. Because we live in this world. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trials and tribulations. We're not home. This is not our final home. And yet, because of the power of Christ in our lives, we can overcome the dissatisfaction that the circumstances want to create in our life. 
But here's what happens. Our enemy wants us to settle in discontent. And so he points out all the things that we could be discontented about. What we did that we shouldn't have done. What we didn't do that we should have done. What did happen that we didn't want to happen. And what didn't happen that we wanted to happen. And he gets us focused on that. And here's what happens. Would you show the picture of the horse for me? This is what discontentment does. It puts blinders on us. Now, they put those blinders on a horse to keep them focused. Well, the enemy wants you to be focused on just what's going wrong. He wants you to be focused on what didn't happen and what you didn't get and what you don't have. Now, now listen to me. Discontent is so dangerous because it makes our souls, our mind, our will, and our emotions unhealthy. And then we can't make good decisions. We, we, how many of you know what it's like when your soul, you feel weary, you don't want to do anything? Mm. Come on. We have blinders on. Discontent blinds us to the goodness of God. It blinds us to all the good things that God is doing around us. It causes us to miss out on so much happiness. I promise you, there's something right now going on in your life that you could be real happy about. Maybe it's going on in the life of someone you love. Maybe it's something that God did. Maybe it's even a small thing. But you're focused over here on what didn't happen, and you're missing out on so much happiness. Opportunities to be unhappy and discontented are available to everyone every day. Listen, I've learned this in marriage, and it's so important. I'm so grateful that my husband just doesn't dwell on the things he's unhappy. Because there are some things sometimes he's unhappy with me about. Just my weaknesses. Or, or, you know, listen, if you're married to somebody, there's something about that person that aggravates you. And if you say there's not, you're, I don't know if you're telling the truth. But there's times when Jeff does things that aggravate me. I just get happy about the things that make me happy. Come on. Come on, that's a way to have a happy marriage. Is you focus on the thing. I, literally, there's been times I've just been aggravated, and maybe it's late at night, and I get in the shower, and as I'm taking a shower, I just start recalling all the wonderful things about my husband. And I find that the things that are wonderful about him are so much longer than just the one thing that aggravates me. If you focus on the one or two things that aggravate you about your boss, your spouse, your friend, your church, mm, come on, we can be content and happy or discontent and unhappy. It's our choice. Now, it's not an easy choice to make. That's why I'm ministering to you this morning. Now, you say, Pastor Jane, how do we overcome discontent you probably know this answer but I'm going to tell you we're going to get into it gratitude cures all discontentment and we need the cure sometimes because sometimes life is rough now 
I want you to go with me. Actually, you probably just need to look unless you have the message translation because I want to read the message translation of Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. And listen to what it says about gratitude. Colossians 4, 2 from the message. And it's actually a paraphrase of the Bible. It says, pray diligently. Stay alert with your eyes wide open in gratitude. Now, we said that discontent puts blinders on you so you can't see the goodness of God. Well, gratitude opens your eyes wide so you see the good things God is doing. And when you see the good things God is doing, happiness is ministered to your soul. And your soul needs that kind of refreshing. Especially after all we've been through, take good care of your soul. Yes, we need to build our spirit, man, and feed on the word of God. We need to live from the inside out, but also because of what happens on the outside. Remember, your soul is affected by what's going on and needs you. Come on to cure it sometimes when it gets discontent. Now, that word in other translations there that says gratitude is just the word thankful. And actually, the definition of the word thankful is to have gratitude, to express gratitude. Actually, it means gratitude to give thanks. And I love this. Gratitude is grateful language to God. Mm. Now, listen, gratitude removes the blinders discontentment has placed on our minds. It's kind of like, you've heard the expression, mind's eye. We don't see, our mind doesn't see letters. When I say dog, you don't see the letters D-O-G. You see a dog. Painted a picture. Well, you need to let gratitude paint a picture of all God is doing in your life. All that he has done for you. If not, listen, your soul will get weary and you will begin to want to give up. I think God isn't good, what's going on. I like to say this. Gratitude helps us keep our eyes open when it's dark outside. I mean, little kids, sometimes the minute it gets dark, they're out. And sometimes if you want them to take a nap, you close all the shades and you get it as dark as you can. Listen, the world is dark out there, folks. And sometimes that darkness brings on discontent and we close our eyes and we're blinded to the goodness of God. I like to put it this way. Expressing thanks keeps us awake in the dark times. You you ever seen somebody that's nodding off, maybe even in church and they're trying to stay awake? Sometimes circumstances are like that. We're trying to give thanks, but... And we need gratitude. We need to keep expressing us, expressing it. Here's the definition of gratitude. Gratitude is a readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. It's the quality of being thankful. Webster's 1828 Dictionary says gratitude is an emotion of the heart, excited by a favor or benefit received. I'll just put it this way. Gratitude is the ability to recognize goodness, acknowledge it, and give thanks. 
mm, not so easy to do, but powerful and life-giving. Gratitude is good and God is good. Listen, if there is goodness in our life, God is involved. Be thankful for all the good things God is doing. I, I like to put it this way. Gratitude causes the good stuff to glow in the dark. Come on. Yeah. When you're grateful, all of a sudden the good things, you've seen those glow sticks. I don't even remember what game it was. I'm going to date myself. But when we were little, there was some kind of little ghost game, that green little ghost. And you played it in the dark because the green little ghost would glow in the dark. You could see how to play. Listen, some of you can see how to make better decisions if you will be grateful because it lights up the goodness of God and all of a sudden you're happy and your soul is refreshed. Listen to that same passage, Colossians 4.2 from the New American Standard Bible. This is the 2020. It's one of the newest versions. They say it's one of the most accurate. But Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. We said gratitude, a happy attitude. You know the definition of attitude? Attitude is a settled way of thinking that is then reflected in our behavior. That's an attitude. Attitude is a settled way of thinking. You settled it. You think this way. In other words, you think about the things you're thankful for. You're just going to settle it. Mind you're not going there. We acknowledge that happened. God, I know that happened. Here's what I'm grateful for. I'm going to minister to my soul because that did happen. It's a settled way of thinking reflected in behavior. Now listen, we can't always choose our circumstances, but we can always choose our attitude. Mm. Attitudes about our thoughts. Have you ever said to yourself, or maybe you said it about someone else, and you said, what were you thinking? Because they said that, often I've said it to myself, Jane, what were you thinking? Come on, maybe the reason you're discontented is because you don't have gratitude, that happy attitude. You're not thinking on the things that you are thankful for. Direct your thoughts. An attitude of gratitude chooses to dwell on the things we are thankful for. Here's the truth. When we choose a grateful attitude, we will enjoy a happier life. Just need to settle it. So if that's true, if we can choose our attitude and we'll enjoy a happier life by being grateful, then happiness isn't about what happens to us, but it is a choice we make. That's how happiness happens. Now... An attitude goes beyond what we're thinking. An attitude of gratitude begins with our thoughts, but ends with our actions. I'll just say this, and I want to close this out, get to something before we close out today. I said it last week, and I'll probably say it again in this series because it's key. You can't just think your thanks. You've got to give your thanks. So often, I've thought about saying thank you to that person, But that did them no good. But I thought about it. But the power, you got to start with the thoughts, but then that attitude is expressed in your actions. 
Some of you need to write a thank you today when you get home. Some of you need to text a thank you to some. Some of you need to raise a hand to God and say thank Come on. Now, let me just say this before I go on to one other thing, and then we'll wrap it up. One of the great benefits of gratitude is it gets you out beyond yourself. Because when we become discontent, we're stuck on ourselves. It's about what didn't happen to me, my circumstances. But when you're grateful, you can be stuck on stupid sometimes. I know I can. But gratitude gets you out beyond yourself to a large life. Now, let me just deal with this just before we close. It's important that we recognize this. Because this, minute, this message is powerful. It's the Word of God. And for most of us, generally speaking, we can express gratitude and overcome discontentment. Except, sometimes, life blindsides you. A tragedy. You go to work and you're fired. Your company's closing. Your spouse tells you they want a divorce. Just comes out of nowhere. That's when life blindsides you. A little thank you to God may be good. Listen to what Paul said. I'm going to go back to his statement about contentment. Philippians 4.11. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, And I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. But now listen to what he said. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Folks, sometimes life blindsides us. We need to raise our hand for help. We need to raise our hand to Christ. We need to raise our hand to the church. And we need to say, listen, I need help. I just got blindsided. My parents are gone. My friend is gone. My spouse is leaving me. My, my work just let me go. Come on, but there is strength in Christ. If you've been blindsided by life, Jesus will restore your sight. He will help you see good again. Amen? Let me end by just saying this. Go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, but I want to read verses 16 and 17 along with verse 18. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. You see, it's God's will for you to be thankful in every circumstance because it's God's will for you to have a healthy soul, for you to be satisfied, for you to experience happiness. Now, gratitude cures discontentment. Express your thanks often. I know some of you, I see your little posts. You act like you, you, know, you can't get up and get the day going without your little cup of espresso. But now listen, you should never get a day going without expressing your thanks to God. And you should never complete a day without expressing your thanks to people in your 
life. Listen, daily expressions of gratitude overpower discontentment. Let me say this one more time. Gratitude is a happy attitude that makes for a happy life. Did you get something out of that today? I pray that you did.